Lesson number 195, Surah An-Naml, ayah number 1 to 26. We will listen to the recitation of the verses. Surah An-Naml is a Makki surah and in this surah we will learn about the story of Musa salam, as well as the story of Sulaiman salam, and the queen of Sabah. And since this is a Makki surah these stories are very, very relevant to the context in which the surah was revealed in. Because the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca, he was facing a lot of opposition. And with these stories, he was given a lot of hope and a lot of comfort. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Taseen. Tilka ayatul Qur'an. These are the verses of the Qur'an. Wa kitabim mubeen and a book that is clear. Taseen. These are huruf muqatta'at. The disjointed letters, meaning the letters that are pronounced separately. But if you look at it, ta and seen, these are not sounds of the letters, but the names of the letters. We don't say this as qus. Hmm? No, we say it as ta seen. We say the names of the letters. Because if you think about it, the sounds, they can be pronounced by anybody. Isn't it? I mean, so many sounds are common in so many languages. Yes, there are certain sounds which are unique to certain languages. But generally speaking, sounds are common all across different languages. Because sounds, these can be made by anybody. But when it comes to these letters, when it comes to these letters, then the names of the letters are only known by who? Those who have knowledge of the language. Hmm? And the Prophet ﷺ, who was he? He was an ummi. He was unlettered. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him tasin. Allah gave him the Qur'an. Allah gave him ilm. Tilka ayatul Qur'an. These are the verses of the Qur'an. And wa kitabim mubin And a book that is clear. Now Qur'an and clear book, aren't they the same? These are the verses of the Qur'an. Hmm? These are the verses of the clear book. So the clear book and the Qur'an, are they two separate entities or the same thing? They're basically the same. So why is it that the Qur'an has been described in this way? As if it was two different things, Qur'an and clear book. Why this and in the middle? 
You see this and in the middle, wa in the middle, this doesn't necessarily mean that these two are different. But it means that both of these are our qualities, they're the attributes of the same thing. This is similar to how a person might say, Maryam came, who is a doctor and a mother and a sister and a wife and a friend. I mean, and, 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 it doesn't mean that you're talking about different Maryams. No, it's the same Maryam with all of these different characteristics, different attributes. So over here, this atf is for the purpose of attaching more attributes. So these are the verses of the Qur'an and a clear book, meaning the Qur'an which is also a clear book. It's not just a book that is recited, because Qur'an is from Qura'ah, that which is recited. So this Qur'an, it is recited, but it's not just a mere recitation, meaningless recitation. No, it is a book that is clear in its contents, in its message, in its themes, and mubin, it is bayin, wadih, and muhif bi kulli shay, encompassing everything that people need to know about. So this is the Qur'an, clear, evident, comprehensive. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 38, Allah says, مَا فَرَّطْنَا فِي الْكِتَابِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ We have not neglected anything in the book. Anything that people need to know, it is in the book. It's like saying on one hand, you don't know what this is, but this Qur'an is something you can actually know. Yes. That don't think it is impossible to understand the Qur'an. It is too difficult for you to comprehend its meanings. No, its meaning is clear. Yet, it is a book the likes of which you cannot produce yourself. You know when something is simple and easy, you would think, oh, it's so easy to do it, I can also do it. No, it's simple, the message is clear, easy to understand, but at the same time, you cannot produce anything like it. For after all, this is the word of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His miracle. Hudan, a guidance. Wabushra and good news, lil mu'mineen for the believers. This Qur'an is guidance. Now what does huda mean? Guidance is of two types. One is dalala, instruction, irshad. Hmm? Like for example, you are informed of the way to a particular destination. You're given the instructions. Go right, go left, take this road, don't take this highway, go here, don't go there. Right? This is irshad, this is dalala, instruction. So the Qur'an, is it instruction? Yes, it is. Many times when we talk about the Qur'an, we say it's a book of do's and don'ts, whereas it's beyond that. Right? But generally, this is what people understand the scripture to be. A book of law telling you what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. Hmm? So Qur'an is instruction. But hudat doesn't just mean instruction. It also means tawfiq as in ma'una, assistance. Alright? Like for example, when you think of a guide, a guide is not just telling you what you're supposed to do. They're also telling you how you're supposed to do it, how much, where, right? With affection, with gentleness, right? Like for example, some instructors... What do they do? Do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. But others are like, they also teach you wisdom. You know, they give you insight into what you're doing. Right? Like for example, in some classes you will learn about, for instance, science. Alright? This is how the system works. This is how the system works. And khalas. 
But then there's some other classes in which you don't just learn about science, you love science. You begin to appreciate it. It's on your mind. Right? So, huda is also ma'una. Not just instruct, but also help. Inspire. Direct. So, the Qur'an, yes, it tells us what we're supposed to do. But at the same time, the Qur'an is also a healing. That in times of, you know, fear, sadness, the Qur'an really helps you come out of those dark situations. You know, for instance, you are very sad about something and you hear one ayah of the Qur'an. You read an ayah of the Qur'an. And it's as if it just takes all your sadness away. This is ma'una. Right? This is Allah's help that comes to a person through the book of Allah, through the Qur'an. It's as if the Qur'an is speaking to you. Allah is addressing you in the situation that you're in. So hudan, the Qur'an is hidayah. You know, this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he taught the dua for sadness, relief from sadness. And what is that? Allahumma inni abduka, ibn abdik. نَاصِيَتِي بِيَدِكْ مَاضٌ فِيَ حُكْمُكَ And towards the end of the dua, أَن تَجْعَلَ الْقُرْآنَ الْعَظِيمَ رَبِيعَ قَلْبِي وَنُورَ صَدْرِي وَجَلَاءَ حُزْنِي وَذَهَابَ هَمِّي وَغَمِّي That, oh Allah, you make the Qur'an the springtime of my heart. You know, springtime, spring, as opposed to winter, how is it? It's more colorful, brighter, happier, isn't it? There is more life more warmth, right? Fragrance, I mean everything. It's so beautiful. So, oh Allah, bring color into my heart. Through what? Through the Qur'an. Life into my heart through the Qur'an. And make this the light of my heart. Make this something that will get rid of the sadness and the worry and the anxiety that I'm in. And the fact is that this is what the Qur'an does to a person. Once the Qur'an enters the heart of a person. It becomes true huda. And if a person does not take this happiness and joy from the Qur'an, then really his life is empty. So hudan, it's a guide. Wabushra and good news. Because when you take not just instruction, but also this guidance from the Qur'an, then the Qur'an is going to make you happy. It will make you happy. It will give you good news. It will give you hope. This is for who? للمؤمنين For those who believe. Meaning not just everybody. Not everybody. But who? The believers. So whoever believes in Allah, then this Qur'an will be a guide for him. A source of constant inspiration. A source of hope. A source of happiness. A source of joy for him. For who? For the one who believes. In Surah Tawbah, Ayah 124, Allah says, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَزَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا Those who believe, the Qur'an increases them in their belief, in their iman. In Surah Muhammad, Ayah 17, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ اهْتَدَوْا زَادَهُمْ هُدَى وَآتَاهُمْ تَقْوَاهُمْ That those who accept guidance, Allah increases them in guidance and He gives them their taqwa. So, he gives them guidance upon guidance. And as a result of that, they are given the good news in the Qur'an also. And the ayah in Surah Tawbah that I mentioned earlier, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَزَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَهُمْ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ okay? وَهُمْ يَسْتَبْشِرُونَ is at the end of the ayah. That they also rejoice. That once they come to learn of what is in the Qur'an, they become happy. 
سُهُدًا وَبُشْرًا لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ الَّذِينَ Who are the believers who receive guidance, joy from the Qur'an? Who are they? الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَةِ Because it's quite possible that a person may say that, well, I read the Qur'an, I don't feel happy. I read the Qur'an, it only makes me more sad and worried and guilty. It's possible a person may say that. Well, then there's something wrong that we're doing. The Qur'an is not meant to be a source of misery for us. It's meant to be a source of joy for us. The Qur'an is not meant to make our lives difficult. It's meant to make us free. Free. This is the purpose of the Qur'an. So if it's not working, then what's wrong? We're doing something wrong. Because mu'mineen are not just those who say we believe, but they also do certain things. What do they do? الَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَةِ Those who establish the prayer. وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةِ And they give the zakah. وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ And they in the hereafter, هُمْ يُقِنُونَ They believe with conviction. They are certain. Three things are mentioned over here. Salah, zakah, and yaqeen. What is salah? Salah is Allah's call. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling us. It's the call of the Creator. When the Creator calls us, creation. Come and ask me. Come and seek help from me. إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ And zakat. What is zakat? When you give to others. So salah, our Lord calls us. How is the call to prayer made? How? How does it begin? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Right? So when we're called, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, what does it mean? That Allah is great. Greater. Greater than what? Than what you're doing. And anything that you could be occupied with. Now salah and zakat together are mentioned. And many places in the Quran we will find them mentioned together. Salah is for islah nafs It is for the islah of ourselves. So it's basically for the purpose of correcting us. Alright? And zakat is islahul mal. It is to fix the state of our money. Okay? Salah is for the purification of the soul. And zakat is for the purification of money. Okay. How does this purification happen? Five times a day when we're stopping what we're doing, stopping it, going to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what are we being trained for? What's the message that, that we are being taught? Everything else is secondary. Who is important? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. You know, sometimes I wonder, really, I mean, logically if you think about it, from a very, very worldly perspective, very mathematical perspective, does it make sense? That a person sleeps at 11.30 because he prayed. And then he's waking up at 4 o'clock, 4.30, 5 o'clock to pray. Huh? Very few hours in the day. I mean, if you tell anybody, it's like, what are you doing? Take it easy on yourself. Sleep at 10 o'clock, wake up at 7 o'clock, right? Wake up at 6 o'clock. I mean, from a very worldly perspective, it doesn't make sense. In the summertime, this happens, right? Especially... You know when it comes to children who are now 10 years old, 11 years old, they have to pray Isha and they also have to pray their Fajr, right? 
And so many mothers, they tell me about how their son is like falling asleep, but they're you know, making sure that their son is awake so that he will pray Isha. And then for Fajr also, it takes them so long to wake them up, but they have to do it. Right? But what is it that we are being taught? Even if a child has to go through this hardship of praying Isha on time and Fajr on time, which he has to, right? What are we being taught? It doesn't matter whether you're sleepy or you're tired or you're at school or you're at work. Who is number one for you? Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It doesn't matter whether you're hungry. Doesn't matter. So salah is for the purpose of islahun nafs, purification of the soul. Because very easily and quickly, we fall in love with so many things. We get so attached to so many things. Whether it is our bed or our food, our work. You know sometimes when you're in the middle of your assignment, you just read like 30 pages and then you're just putting everything down, you're putting all your thoughts down and then what happens? You have to go for salah. It's getting later and later and later. So you have to stop, go pray, and then come back. Even that experience, what does it teach you? Who is more important? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So salah teaches us true servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because five times a day we are cut off, we are pulled away, we are taken away from whatever we are doing, whatever it is, even if it's the middle of a very intense match, Right? Whatever it is, you have to stop it and go pray. So, salah, islahul nafs. And zakat, islahul mal. Purification of money. Because so easily we can lose track of how much money we have and how much money we're sitting on. You know, with so many women, all year long their jewelry is just sitting. Where is it sitting? In the locker, in the bank somewhere. They don't even know what they have. And at the end of the year when they have to give zakat, they realize, oh, this piece of jewelry I haven't worn in so long. I didn't even know it existed. Huh? So it can happen with people. Money is just sitting somewhere, we have no idea. So zakat forces you to take account of what you have. And it makes you feel grateful when you have to pay zakat. Right? I thought I didn't have much, but I, I actually do have a lot. And then you wonder... What are you doing with so much money just sitting over there? You thought you were poor, but in reality you're not. And then when a portion of your wealth is given away, then that is a source of purification for money because that money is not just sitting and rotting away. It's not hoarded wealth. From it, others are also given. So salah and zakat, both are mentioned. Now if you think about it, both require very little out of us. Zakat is how much money? 2.5%? Once a year? Salah is how much time? Few minutes? Few minutes, right? I mean, maximum, very long salah, half an hour, maybe, maximum. And that too for a prayer like Zuhur or Isha. Otherwise, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 7 minutes, 15 minutes, maximum. And this is with all your adhkar, even after salah. So very little of our time. But what happens when we're giving zakat, or when we're giving our time, when we're giving our time for salah, it feels like we're going to be left with very little. That if I have one hour lunch break and 15 minutes go in salah, I have only 45 minutes left, for example. You know, if I get up right now and pray, I will get very little sleep. Really? We've been sleeping for seven hours and now it seems like very little sleep. So anyway, it feels like when we will give time for salah, give money for zakat, we will be left with little. But who is the giver of barakah? 
Who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we are giving our money in zakat, when we're giving our time in salah, we are giving it to who? Allah azza wa jal. This is our shukr. This is our gratitude. Oh Allah, thank you. Alhamdulillah for the time that you've given me. Alhamdulillah for the money that you've given me. And when you give, you will receive more. لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ When we will take time out and pray, we will have more time at our hands. When we will take some of our money and give it away, then yes, we will have enough money to use and to enjoy. The Salah example, like detaching ourselves from the things of this world and returning to Allah again and again, kind of reminds me of death. Like it's like training for death. Like we, we're constantly detaching ourselves. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what you'll be in. When it's time to go, you have to go. You really don't have a choice. So Salah and Zakah. And the third thing that's mentioned over here is Yaqeen. Now before that, when we do have to give some charity, when we do have to spend some time for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what should we think? What should we think? I am giving to Allah to receive more. I'm going to get more from Him in return. He will give me more than what I can even ask Him for. Yaqeen. What is yaqeen? Strong conviction. So such faith in what? In the hereafter, وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُقِنُونَ They have yaqeen in the hereafter. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed the believers that there is an afterlife. And they have so much faith that even if they were to see the matters of the hereafter with their own eyes, seeing those matters is not going to increase them in faith. Because they already have faith in the words of Allah. You know, like Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, لَوْ كُشِفَ عَنِّ الْحِجَابِ مَزْدَدْتُ يَقِينًا That if the hijab, the veil, you know, that is between us and the matters of the unseen, if that was removed, and I could see matters of the unseen, with my own eyes, I could see Jannah, I could see now, I could see the angels, that wouldn't increase me in faith. Because Allah's words are more truthful to me than my own eyes are. Than my own eyes are. Because sometimes we say or we think that I will only believe if I see with my own eyes. Okay? Because we trust our eyes. But a believer doesn't trust his eyes only. He trusts who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah has said it, haq. It's true, for sure. Yaqeen. This is yaqeen. This is conviction. This is certainty. And this is similar to how when the Prophet ﷺ is addressed in the Qur'an, أَلَمْ تَرَى كَيْفَ فَعَلَ رَبُّكَ بِأَصْحَابِ الْفِيلِ Have you not seen how Allah dealt with the people of the elephant? Did the Prophet ﷺ see that with his own eyes? No, that was the year that he was born in. He didn't see it with his own eyes. But what's the message over there? That don't you know? You know. Why do you know? How do you know? Because Allah is telling you. And what Allah is telling you is more reliable than what your eyes will tell you. So, وَبِالْآخِرَةِهُمْ يُقِنُونَ They have firm faith and conviction in the matters of the hereafter. So these are the people who will receive guidance and good news from the book of Allah. The science teacher asks the student, can you see God? Students say no. Can you touch the God? Students say no. Then the one student, he stood up and he asked, teacher, do you have a brain? She said, yes. Then he asked, can you see your brain? She said, no. 
Then um, student asked, can you touch your brain? Teacher said, no. Then the student said, it means that you don't have brain. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ Indeed those people who لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ Who do not believe in the hereafter. So on the one hand, there are those who have yaqeen in the hereafter. And then there's another group of people who don't believe in the hereafter at all. Allah says, Zayanna, We have made beautiful. لَهُمْ to them أَعْمَالَهُمْ Their deeds. Meaning the deeds that they're performing, the actions that they're doing, the life that they're living, we have made it very beautiful to them from zina. When it's very beautiful to them, what does it mean? They like it. Right? They like it. They enjoy it. It's fun. It's cool. So in reality, it is bad what they're doing, but they think it is beautiful. You know, for example, many things which are of cheap quality, okay, bad quality. How is it that they're packaged? Or how is it that they're marketed? How? As if it's the best thing in the world. You know those infomercials? Honestly. They just convince you that the thing that's being advertised is what you need. It's gonna make your life, you know, problem free. Many years ago, you know that magic bullet thing that, that came up? La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. I saw it and I'm like, I think it's really good. I can chop in it. I can do so much stuff in it. And then, you know, it's got, it's, it's really good. You can, it's a blender. It's light. It's dishwasher safe. You can freeze stuff in it. Just one, one base and so many cups and so many sizes. And I'm like, I think I should get it. Anyway, got it. Okay. And I hated it because it doesn't chop. Come on. It really doesn't. When you want to blend stuff in it, it doesn't blend properly. And the quality, come on. It's not worth the price that it was sold for. So this is tazheen. You know, something is not actually good. It's not actually beautiful. But it's presented as beautiful. It looks beautiful. You are deceived. You are deceived. Whereas if you really use your mind and and analyze it, you're going to see the faults. You know, which is why many times it's the women who get deceived and the husbands are like, are you sure? Seriously? And you know, they'll tell you that the motor is only this much speed or quality and you're like, what does that matter? Right? But they know. So anyway, زَيَّنَّا لَهُمْ Their deeds, we have adorned for them. أَعْمَالَهُمْ Their deeds فَهُمْ يَعْمَهُونَ So they wander blindly. Meaning, they don't even understand what they're doing, where they're going. They're so happy about what they're doing right now, they don't even look forward to the hereafter. And this is why they don't care about the right and the wrong. Now this is the difference between those who believe in the hereafter and those who don't believe in the hereafter. What is the difference? For those people who believe, the Qur'an is a guide. And for those who don't believe in the hereafter, their desires are their guide. Those who believe in the hereafter, salah and zakah are a part of their lives. Akhirah is their goal. And because of that reason, they analyze their deeds. They really, they're careful about the actions they choose to do. And whatever they do, they perform well with care, with proper attention. And those who don't believe in the hereafter, they're ya'mahoon, wandering blindly. For them, praying is a waste of time, giving zakat is a waste of money, reading Qur'an is a waste of your youth, of your mind, of your, of your time. 
and they love the wrong that they do. In Surah Fatir ayah 8, أَفَمَنْ زُيِّنَ لَهُ سُوءُ عَمَلِهِ فَرَآهُ حَسَنًا The one whose evil deeds are made beautiful to him, so he sees them as good. And this is the greatest deception. And may Allah protect us from this deception. Because how often is it that, you know for instance, you have a disagreement with somebody. You think they're wrong. But what do they think about themselves? They're right. And sometimes it's the other way. We think we are right, whereas we are wrong. Now, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His haqq, what He has legislated on us, then really may Allah protect us from this, that a person is doing something wrong and he thinks he's doing something right. He doesn't even see the faults that are in him. So, Ya Mahum, they're wandering blindly. Ula'ika those, alladina, they are the ones who, lahum for them, su'ul adab, evil punishment. Why? Because their actions were evil. Wahum fil akhirati, and they in the hereafter, humul akhsarun, they shall be the greatest losers. Akhsarun, plural of the word akhsar. Who is akhsar? Khasir is one who loses, one who suffers from a loss. Akhsar is one who suffers a greater loss than somebody else. So in the hereafter, such people will be greater in loss. Compared to what? Compared to their worldly life. Compared to how they were in this dunya. In the hereafter, they will be in a much worse position. Right now, they're having fun, they're enjoying, but in the hereafter, they will be greater in loss. Secondly, compared to others, they will suffer more loss. Because some people will make it a Jannah. Who are they? Al-Mu'minun. Those who believe in the hereafter with conviction. And because of that, they prepared for the hereafter. And these who deny the hereafter, their evil deeds are beautiful to them, and they're wandering blindly in their lives, then such people are not preparing for the hereafter. So in the hereafter, they will be in pure loss. Humul akhsarun. Because they will be in the fire. They will not be admitted into Jannah. And the one who is deprived of Jannah, the one who is admitted to hellfire, then yes, he is a loser. Because what is the definition of success that Allah gives us? What is fawz? فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاز The one who is removed away from hellfire and admitted into Jannah, then he is successful. And the opposite of that, the one who is kept away from Jannah and admitted into hellfire, then who is he? A loser. In Surah Al-Kahf, Ayah 103, Shall I inform you of those who are greatest in loss when it comes to deeds? There are those whose sa'i, whose efforts have been lost in this worldly life. And this whole time they've been thinking that what they're doing is really good. Their bad deeds are pleasing to them. So as a result, in the hereafter, they'll be greatest of losers. Go ahead. 
they lose out in uh, the hereafter. But even in this world, you know, we lose out every day. If we think of the, um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who establish salah. Salah is a time where you will come to face your Lord. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're basically, you're seeking an audience with the Lord of the world. In previous times, the, you know, like the Middle Ages or wherever, people would come from all over the country, all over the land to try and seek an audience with their king or queen or whoever it was. But we're given a chance every single day, five times a day, to speak directly to the Lord of the world. Where there's no interruptions, nobody in between us, there's not a line, you know, waiting to try and talk to him. He's there directly waiting for us. So we're losing out constantly. So if we don't take this chance, we will definitely be losing out here and in the hereafter. Yeah. And you know this thing that you've mentioned about no interruptions? It is beautiful. Seriously. I mean, even when you're in the bathroom, sometimes people don't leave you. Do they? You're studying. You're on the phone. You're reading a book. People don't spare you. They don't. You're lying down. Are you sleeping? Well, if my eyes are closed, I'm in bed. I'm trying to sleep. But sure, if you want to have a conversation with me, go ahead and interrupt my sleep. Right? But when it comes to salah, can anybody say, I need a minute from you? Are you busy? Really, no interruption at all. This is where you find sukoon. This is the only thing in which you will find sukoon. Even your sleep people will disturb. They won't leave you. وَإِنَّكَ And indeed you, لَتُلَقَّى Surely you receive. You are being made to receive. Al-Qur'an, the Qur'an. Milladun From near, from the one who is Hakim and Alim. Who is wise and knowing. O Prophet ﷺ, these verses of the Qur'an, which is a clear book, which is a guide and good news for those who believe, this Qur'an, you are being made to receive it. It's being given to you. From who? It's been sent by who? Hakim and Alim. The word tulaqqa is from the root letters lam, qafiya. Laqiya, to meet. Alright? And tulaqqa, tulaqqa, you are being made to receive. Talaqi, talaqa, to receive. Alright? And tulaqa, you are being made to receive. Alright? And talaqa shay aminhu, it also means that he received it from him, meaning he learned it from him. So you are being taught the Qur'an. You are being given the Qur'an. You are being inspired the Qur'an. You are being made to receive the Qur'an in your heart. Because the Prophet ﷺ never really sought himself in the sense that he didn't say, Oh God, please send me a scripture. No, he didn't say that. Right? It was a gift. Allah chose him for this honor. Allah gave it to him. And this is from who? Milladun Hakim and Alim. Allah who is Hakim and Alim. Hakim, he is wise. Ahkamul Hukama, the most wise of all who are wise. And he is Alim, Alamul Ulama, the most knowing of all those who know. I mean how ignorant we are that we don't even know the world that we're living in. This Qur'an has come from who? The Lord who knows everything. The Lord of the worlds. Who knows when a leaf falls. 